Trucks and Bucks is powered by ELI Solutions. Our goal is to bring education, knowledge, resources, and limited opportunity to people in the trucking business, regardless of your role. This is a weekly podcast, and we are excited to bring you something that can help inspire you along this journey. Also, you can connect with us at Trucks and Bucks Podcast.com. Buckle in. How many miles is an average haul? How many hours do you spend on the road? Is it dangerous out there? Does the weather really change in an instant? Have you ever been in an accident? Have you ever witnessed an accident? Join me today on Trucks and Bucks as we interview a semi-truck driver. Want to hear his answers? Tune in. another episode of Trucks and Bucks. I am Alexis and I feel like it's been a while since I posted because you guys are so used to hearing my partner in Luanga, but today it's me and please, please, please don't run away. I promise to be nice and behave today. So today, I have my really good friend, Dave, on the line, who happens to be a semi-truck driver. Hi, Dave. Hey, Alexis. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to call in and help me out. I know I've been talking about this for a while, and I'm glad that we were finally able to coordinate our schedule. So my first question to you is, how are you? Doing pretty good. Can't really complain. That's always good to hear. Um, Dave and I (laughs) met... How long, how long have we known each other? A year, two years, two and a half years? Yeah, somewhere around there. So Dave and it's I been met at least through, a couple of years. Yeah, a couple of years. We met through special circumstances, and we remain friends. And he, like I mentioned in the introduction, he is a semi-truck driver. So Dave, can you tell us, how many years have you been a truck driver? Uh, it's got to be going close to 20 years now. Wow, almost 20 years. So how many miles do you think you've racked up in your 20 years worth of driving? Oh, God, I don't even know. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, you say it's more than... 50,000 miles? I would think so. Hell yeah. Right? Yeah, I average. Because how many miles do you average? I usually average about close to 3,000 miles a week. Whoa. Anywhere between and how many about weeks are you on the road? 
And how many weeks uh, are you on the road? Well, pretty consistent. Um, sometimes I don't even get a break. The way it works out here is we've got a 70-hour work week. And then at the end of that 70 hours, we start getting back at midnight what we did the week before. So if we do a 34-hour reset, we automatically get our 70 hours back. But there's a lot of times where I'll be going out for two weeks without doing a 72-hour reset. Then I'll take 34 hours off and go right back out on the road again. Ah. So I'm running pretty consistently. <laughs> I've got a boss that keeps me busy. And is that a good thing for you or not so much? For me, it's a good thing. Some people don't, you know, everybody's different. I go crazy if I'm sitting around, you know, so ah. I like keeping busy. So. On average, when you do a haul, how many miles is that before you accept or decline? Because some hauls are shorter, some hauls are longer, and it's to my understanding you make your money based on your miles. So on average, how many miles is your average haul? Uh, It varies. And I'm a company driver. I don't get to turn down loads. It's My boss will give me choices of loads sometimes, but a lot of times it's like, I need you to do this. Um, we've got short runs. I'm out of the Midwest. We've got short runs that will go from South Dakota to, like, Chicago and stuff, and that's just a day run out and a day run back pretty much. Um but, like, the one I'm on right now, it's over a 1,000 miles, and I'm heading to Boise, Idaho right now. I'm about two hours away. I deliver at midnight tonight. So I'm doing my 10-hour break right now. Um, but it varies. You know, sometimes we'll do ones that are only 500 miles. Sometimes we're doing stuff that's 1,500 miles or more. So it all varies. It depends on the load. But that keeps things and, interesting. And you mentioned that you have been driving for almost 20 years. So what are your three favorite things about being a semi-truck driver? Not dealing with idiots at a workplace. Seeing interesting places. I like to drive. I, I like the variety of it. You, you never, you might be doing the same run that you did last week, but it's completely different because even though you're going on the same thing, every day is different out here. You know, it's always something new, you know. Okay. So, now, what are the three things you dislike about trucking? Idiots on the road, dealing with idiots at the work, you because know, we go to different places to load and unload, and probably sitting there waiting forever to get loaded or unloaded at certain places. So you said that 
you go see different places and you love the fact that even if it is the same run, it's always something new, something new to look at. So with your 20 years of driving, is there any one particular moment that you remember the most, the most vivid? Yeah, but they're both, I've got two of them and neither one of them are good. I uh, got to go airborne in Minnesota into a bean field face in the other direction because I hit black ice in January. And I got to survive the Joplin tornado. Oh, that was probably about seven, eight years ago, I think. Got my truck flipped over in that. So, <laughs> yeah, those are very vivid, but they're not good vivid experiences. Okay. So can you elaborate, because I did a podcast a while back about safety tips, but you are the one behind the wheel. You're the one experiencing. So can you explain what it was like driving through an area that had tornado warnings, and then all of a sudden it hits you and your truck? Well, I honestly didn't know there was tornado warnings. I had the CB on. But I didn't have the regular radio on, and it was more like going into a thunderstorm and stuff. And this is Joplin, Missouri, and that's I was probably about 11 miles from the Oklahoma border. And somebody on the TV said, as soon as you get into Oklahoma, you drive out of it. So I was planning on just keep going. You know, traffic was moving slow, and then everything came to a halt, and I'm seeing the truck up in front of me and he just started swaying back and forth. And I'm thinking, damn, he must be light. And I had a heavy load. And uh, I watched him and all of a sudden he flipped over. Next thing I knew I flipped over and had the mirror come through the window and knocked me out basically when I went over and had somebody sitting there knocking on the window, yelling and asking if I was okay. And, that's when I found out it was a tornado because, like, what happened? They're like, tornado. It's like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't even know it was a tornado until it was over with. Well, I'm so glad that you survived because that happened about seven or eight years ago. And if you hadn't, we wouldn't have met. So can you explain what happened Um after a incident like that, do you reach out to your dispatcher? Do you call your company? What or what do you do besides the obvious by calling medical attention? Well, I didn't really do anything for medical. I knew I had some messed up ribs and stuff, and I was bleeding from the head, but it stopped bleeding, so I didn't really care. But uh, I couldn't find my cell phone. Uh, matter of fact, the recovery crew that went and got the truck found my cell phone in the mud in the ditch about five feet from the truck. And it still worked amazingly. So it's the modern age. All my numbers were on the cell phone. The only number I still had memorized was my parents' home phone. And I had to call them, you know, borrowed somebody else's phone, called them. And they tried to get a hold, you know, they had to get a hold of another friend to use the Internet because they don't, you know, they didn't have the Internet. They didn't even have a computer. 
and they had somebody look up the number, and they were the one that got a hold of my boss to let my boss know that this is what happened, you know. And then basically me and another driver, we walked up to the Flying J uh, local truck stop there, and the fuel pumps were sitting on the other side of the road. They'd been ripped out and stuff. And come to find out, there's a bunch of us gathered around. We're just talking. And the girl that was there was an EMT, but she was off. So she just basically grabbed her EMT bag and had her car up there. And we're talking. And all of a sudden, she looked over at me, and she freaked out. And she's like, you're bleeding. It's like, no, it stopped. And then I had her scrubbing my elbow and my head and finally ended up next day because everybody was complaining that I needed to go to the doctor. I finally went to the hospital. They told me I had busted up ribs, which they knew, and there's nothing you can do about it. And they were scrubbing and picking glass out of my scalp. But for the most part, I survived. Well, I am glad to hear that you survived. And you should have definitely um sought out medical attention. It's never a good thing when you're not unconscious because the main concern would be concussion. But, like, you know, it's over and done with. And, and you know you I even... don't like doctors. So start on. I know you don't <laughs> like doctors and stuff like that. And you know what? In a way, I don't understand how we can get along because I come from the healthcare field. I'm like, you're just saying you don't like any of the professions in the healthcare field. It's like you don't like to be picked and prodded at, but you need us at least to make sure that you didn't suffer any brain injuries and such. No, if you remember when we first started talking, I was asking you about medical stuff. For my own knowledge, because I prefer to work on myself than letting somebody else work on me. Well, I hate to put it this way, Dave. Sweetie, you can't shine um, a pen bright in your eyes, and you can't tell if your eyes are reacting the way they need to, and you definitely don't know if you have a concussion or not, right? So I'm glad someone was able to but I can stitch myself up and give myself an IV. I've done it before. Hmm. Well, it's pretty <laughs> interesting. So you said the truck in front of you was swaying back and forth, and you weren't, uh, were you even able to we react? Or did it happen so quickly that when you woke up, it was already over? Well, there was nothing we could do. We were stopped on the interstate. And all of a sudden, he starts way in and then he flipped and I flipped and yeah there wasn't nothing you could do but you know I was heat melted in and it just flipped us so it could have been a lot worse uh talked to one driver basically rolled him across the parking lot okay and with that exciting image of Dave flipping over thanks to a tornado let's go ahead and take our first break
If you're seeking a website, logo, graphic designer, or maybe you're starting a business or anything that comes with business, personal, or even social needs, consider doing business with ELI Solutions. ELI has the solutions for you. The website address is wehavethesolution.org. And we are back. So, James, since you are a semi-truck driver and this podcast is about truckers like you, about people who want to get into the trucking business, can you describe what a typical day of work is like for you besides driving? There has to be so much more to a truck driver's job than just driving. Uh, it all depends on the day. Um, you pick up your load, um, and sometimes you're already on a load, and you drop a load, and then you get another load. But, like, if you're dropping a trailer, and then you pick up another trailer, you do your VI on the trailer, your vehicle inspection. You do your VI on your truck, make sure everything's good and safe and everything. Um, you've got to make sure your logbooks are all up to date. Uh, we use electronic logs now, so there's no more paper. Um, route the way you're going. Um, I use a combination of the GPS and old school using my atlas and stuff because sometimes I don't like the way the GPS routes me. And you drive. You've got to plan out where you're getting fuel. You know, If you're driving truck, you know how far your truck can make it. Um, you've got to make sure you're legal as far as weight goes. Um, me, I draw, I run a reefer van, so a refrigeration unit. Um, so we're allowed 80,000 pounds, and you have to make sure the weight's distributed legally so you don't get a ticket when you go into the scale house for uh, Department of Transportation, DOT scales. But, yeah, you just uh, you have to plan your route, plan how you're going, You've got 11 hours that you can drive. You've got to make sure you can find some place to legally park before you run out of hours. Eat, sleep, get up, do it all over again. Go through and check everything out. Make sure everything's still good. You know, a lot of times you're doing it with a flashlight because it's probably dark by the time you start driving again. Um, depending on the load, you know, Sometimes you're driving at night. Sometimes you're driving in the day. You never really know until you start driving. But that's the main thing is make sure everything's legal. Make sure everything's safe. Make sure your equipment's all good. You know, you don't have busted lights. Make sure, you know, walk around with either a hammer or a bat and thump your tires. Make sure that you got air in them and stuff and you're not running on a flat. Because we've got duels on the truck and the trailer. So, it's not like with a car where you can physically see it's flat uh, unless you thump it. You don't know for sure. And you really don't want to drive with a flat tire because you end up, it builds up heat and you can start a fire and that rubber burns really good and you can lose the truck trailer load everything. So. Speaking of truckster trailers, 
Catching on Fire. Do you want to share about that one event where your trailer caught on fire? Because if I remember correctly, you posted a picture in our chat group, chat group and I almost had a heart attack because it was literally on fire. Well, yeah, it was on fire. Um was going through St. Louis, and I've got the best worst. I've got the best bad luck there is, because I had just gotten done driving through St. Louis during rush hour traffic. It didn't happen there because the fire trucks probably wouldn't have made it. Um, had just started heading north on a U.S. highway, so I was on back roads. I was off the interstate, and had a pickup that, that behind me. About the same time, I noticed it in my rear view mirror pulled over. He had a fire extinguisher. I had my fire extinguisher. We tried to get the fire out. Basically one of the brake chambers went bad. So the brakes were dragging and that caused heat. And pretty soon the tires caught on fire because of the heat. So there was nothing we could do about it. So basically I sat there and I dropped the trailer and pulled the truck forward because I knew I was going to lose the trailer. I didn't want to lose the trailer and the truck. But had other people, you know, that had stopped and saw what was going on. They'd already called the fire department. One of the fire departments was just coming back from a call because I had two different local fire departments, you know, small-town fire departments. One was just coming back from a call. So they were already en route to where I was, so that worked out really good. The other one was having their monthly meeting at the fire department because this is all volunteer fire department. So they were already in the fire department. So I had two of them coming to put this out and everything. And there wasn't really much they could do other than keep the fire contained. It burned up, you know, the trailer. By the time it was done, it was nothing but a skeleton and stuff. So, but it happened good because nobody got hurt. It happened out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Like I said, it's terrible that it happened, but. It happened the best place that it could end with the fire departments being there and everything. They got there right away and stuff. So it was bad, but it was good luck the way it happened, even though it was bad luck that it happened. Wow, that sounds like a scary situation. And I'm glad you were able to detach your truck because it would have been so much worse if that gasoline had caught on fire. It would have definitely blown your truck sky high and definitely would have injured you and the Good Samaritan who stopped to help you out. So you mentioned what a... I'm going to correct on something. I don't have gasoline. It's all diesel. I actually uh, had half the fire department at one point or another come by and ask and actually thank me for pulling the truck ahead because apparently a lot of people don't think about that. But if you, you're going to lose one, that's bad enough. Don't lose both. If you got a trailer fire, disconnect your tractor, pull the truck forward, get it out of the way. Even if you have to just, you know, drop it without you, you know, just pull the pin, drop the thing and pull forward, you know, but, yeah, don't lose both. Yeah. So you are a company truck driver, and I know you mentioned that every time you um, fuel up, it's quite expensive. Can you give us an estimate on how many times you need to fill up in a week and how much does your average 
feel they'll cost each time you feel love? Well, I'm going to be better than an average. Um, sometimes I don't fill up. I've got a really heavy truck, so until I scale out, I don't fuel, and I try not going in for a load unless I've got about half a tank. You know, try not having more than half a tank because I don't want to be overweight. 120-gallon tank, so that's 240 gallons total. Um, I just got done fueling up, and... Put in 120 gallons, and it was $307 is what it cost to put in 120 gallons. And that's what I did today. And usually I'm stopping for fuel either every day or every other day because I'm usually running about 600 miles, puts me down to about half a tank. But are you still there? Or did I lose you? I said, ouch. ouch. Oh, there you are. <laughs> because the average time I ever have to fill up is $35, and I don't do that every day or every other day. I do that, like, maybe once every two weeks, depending how far I drive. But, yeah, ouch, $370. $307 for only half of what you could carry. So if you ever were to put in the whole amount, that's almost 614 maybe 620 That's Yeah, I, I've filled up. It costs $600. But I've got a fuel card with fuel stops that we use, so the boss pays for that. I don't do anything for that. Yeah. And then we've also got DEF, which is diesel exhaust fluid. We have to keep that filled up. And we have to keep the fuel in the reefer tank so that, you know, like right now I've got uh, ham in there. So it's running at 26 degrees, and I've got to make sure that that stays, you know, with enough fuel so I don't end up ruining the ham and losing the load. Okay. So my next question for you is, as a truck driver, right, you're out on the road constantly. So what happens if you get sick? Because as an average citizen who is not a driver, if we get sick, we just call in and say we're not coming in. So what happens if you're sick out on the road? I've got a puke bucket I use. I don't get sick. I don't let, I don't let myself get sick. I've driven with my head throbbing because I've got a headache just popping acetaminophen. And it's like, if you're sick to your stomach, you don't eat so you don't throw anything up. It's just, you've got to do the little bit to it. What? You just tough it out? Yeah. You're a lot tougher than me because if I don't feel well, I don't feel well. I mean, like, I will tough it out, and, like, you know, if I can work through it, I will work through it. But I'm not going to be a happy camper, and I'm not going to be the nicest person because I will be the first one to admit when I genuinely do not feel well and I am very, very sick, 
I cry like a baby because I just cry. <laughs> I genuinely do not feel good. And that's how my aunt knows that. that I am actually really sick. I never once faked sick as a child because I just didn't, right? School was not that horrible for me. So usually my aunt is the one begging me to stay home when I'm sick because I'm the one that usually goes to school sick. And she's the one that has to pick me up 15 minutes after school <laughs> starts. So she's like, why the hell did you just stay home? You could have just called me at work and told me that you were sick. And I would have just told them, yes, I'm aware you didn't go to school when they called me. What's the point of going to school sick? Stay there for 15 minutes and make me take the good time out of my work day to go get you. Yeah, I get yelled at when I'm sick, which makes me cry even harder. But at least my aunt is nice to me when I'm sick because she just doesn't want me to cry. And she usually makes me stay in my room because she's afraid I'm going to give it to my sister or her. So she's like, just stay in your room. (laughs) Only time my aunt is actually willing to bring me food or give me something to drink. That's funny. And that made me go get it myself. But um, so you mentioned that you got to visit a lot of cool places and you got to see a lot of things. Can you name some of the things that you've seen that were truly amazing? Uh, I've gone over so many famous rivers and stuff. Uh like right now, I'm in Idaho. You know, you come out west this way, you've got the mountains and stuff. And it's amazing all the different types of mountains there are. People don't realize how many different types there are. But, you know, I've gone through the mountains here, gone through the mountains in Kentucky and stuff. And in the mountains, because you're going really slow going uphill, but and then you got to watch your speed going down. But it's beautiful, okay? Um, even going through like the prairie lands and stuff where there's nothing out there and all you see is sky. Um, There's a lot of different things. Um, Get to see some really cool architecture as you're driving by different places. Um, Not a big fan of the cities, but some of them have some interesting buildings and stuff, but, and you get to meet a lot of interesting people. And with that, let's go ahead and go to our second break. Okay. Hi, it's Alexis with some news for trucks and bucks. There is a poll that is asking truckers if they are benefiting from hours of service changes. There has been some changes to the federal hours of service that became effective a bit more than a month ago. 
On the poll, the question said, have changes in the hours of service regulations been of any benefit to you? The responses include 40.5% said yes, 21% said yes, but only modestly, 20.5% said no, 18% said no, but it's good to know they are here if I need them. Designed to give drivers more flexibility during the driving day, the changes that became effective on September 29th includes drivers will be allowed to use their 30-minute break in an on-duty not-driving status and requiring it within the first eight hours of drive time rather than their first eight hours on duty. Modifies the sleeper berth exception to allow drivers to split their 10-hour off duty period into windows of seven hours and three hours in addition to the existing eight hour two hour option it also adds the shorter period in any split off duty will pause the rolling on duty clock allows drivers to extend their drive time limit and their on duty window by two hours if they encounter adverse weather conditions or traffic congestion and changes the short haul exception available to some commercial drivers by lengthening their maximum on duty period from 12 to 14 hours and extending the distance limit within which the driver may operate from 100 air miles to 150 air miles. The process to add flexibility to the hours of service regulations began with the arrival of Ray Martinez as Administrator of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration in the spring of 2018. Further changes to hours of service and other regulations are likely to hinge on the results of the elections. Back to the show. In your 20 welcome years, uh, yes. I said welcome back. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, like I mentioned, in your 20 years of driving, how many dispatchers have you had to deal with on average? Okay, I've worked for a few different companies. Um, Anybody that drives truck is probably going to give me shit about this, but I used to drive for Werner. Um, I had a dis, you know, had just one dispatcher. Other than night shift, I dealt with somebody different every time for night shift. Um, then I ended up hauling cement for a while. I uh, got off the road for a summer. Um, just dealt with one person there. Um, ended up working for. Another company, I dealt with him and his wife. They were the ones that dispatched everything. And now with the company I'm working with, I've got one that I deal with dispatching going out. In other words, what I pick up locally from where I'm at in South Dakota, going out to wherever. And then I've got a backhaul dispatcher that finds us loads, and then we have to get a hold of the broker and everything. And so I'm dealing with the backhaul dispatcher and a broker bringing loads back to the Midwest. So. Okay. So this podcast is all about talking about truckers, trucking opportunities. And we all know not everybody is in it like you to drive. 
So since you've had so much experience dealing with a dispatcher, what is your opinion that makes a good dispatcher and what makes a bad dispatcher? Good dispatcher, somebody that's got a CDL, in other words, a commercial driver's license, and that actually started out driving a truck. Because if you've driven a truck, you know what we deal with out here. A bad dispatcher is these idiots that have no idea what they deal with or what we deal with, and they're like, well, you can get it there, can't you? And it's like, no, there's no way, you know, unless I grow wings and can fly it there, it doesn't work. You know, um, the ones that have been out here on the road and understand, they know what it's like. They don't ask for miracles. The ones that have no clue what it's like, they think it's like driving their car to Walmart. It doesn't work that way. So, but what yeah, if that's... I wanted to? So what if I wanted to be a dispatcher, right? And I don't drive a truck for a living. So does that automatically make me a bad dispatcher? It depends on if you listen to the driver or not. Um, mm-hmm. You have some that you know. Um, perfect example. The one that we have that works in the office that dispatches us out. She's never driven truck, but my boss is driven, the backhaul is driven. She knows from them what to expect, and they guide her. She listens to us. We let her know that. Um, perfect example, I had one here last week that I had to have my truck worked on. I developed a coolant leak. Um, I got to use my old truck that I had before this one to deliver one load, came back, picked up this truck and the trailer that I was taking to Chicago, and they had the appointment time for 10 a.m., and it's like, there's no way I can make it there, and she understands. She asked me, when can you have it there? I told her when I could, which was about 1 o'clock, and I made it there about quarter to 1. And she called them, let them know this is about what time he's going to be there. We'll update if anything changes. So as long as you listen to the driver and you understand what the driver's telling you, yeah, you don't have to drive to be a good dispatcher, but a lot of the ones that don't drive, they expect miracles that you can't do. You know, um, we deal with traffic, um, going through Chicago, you deal with rush hour traffic where it's stop and go and you're averaging about five miles an hour sometimes, you know, that messes up your hours of service. And once our clocks start, we've only got so many hours before we have to stop. So, you know, you can't have ones so, that haven't driven that are good, but it depends. So- We have so many listeners out there who are probably thinking about joining the trucking industry. What's your advice for them, for those who want to be a truck driver? It's one of those jobs that will, you're going to either love it or hate it, and it all depends on what you're doing. Um, If you can't handle being away from home, do it local. Okay, um, there's a lot of local jobs that you can get with a CDL if you like. If you like, because 
technically, even though I'm a company driver and I have a boss, I'm my own boss out here as long as I make it to where I need to be. But you have to be a self-motivator. You can't just, you know, oh, this looks really cool. I'm going to, you know, stop here. Uh, had one of the guys I drove for, uh, he had a couple that they had, you know, he had, the guy had lost his job and he, you know, they lost their house and everything. Well, he gave them a job. So they've got the truck to stay in. They don't need, you know, so they've got a roof over their head. He gave them a job. So they got money in their pocket and they ended up calling, well, I can't make it there because I'm over here. Well, the guy was like 200 miles out of route because they saw something that they thought would be neat and they thought they were on vacation in an RV. It doesn't work that way. You have to be able to motivate yourself and do what needs to be done. You can't have, if you're somebody that has to be babysat on what you're doing and being told what to do every day, this isn't for you. Yourself, you have to understand what you have to do and you have to get the job done. You know, but it's rewarding. You get to see a lot of neat shit, <laughs> meet interesting people, you know. <laughs> And with that, let's go ahead and take our final break. If you have a business or you are seeking to start a business, please protect yourself when it comes to contracts, accidents, document review, new clients, and more. Just Life Events can assist you with getting access to quality attorneys at reduced rates for all of your business needs. We can also help with family plans, plans for truckers, large and small businesses, and so much more. Remember, it's better to have and not need than to need and not have. Contact us today for a free consultation to see how we may be able to meet your legal needs. Our website is justlifeevents.org. And with that, we are back. It's so interesting that you mentioned as a trucker, you need to be a self-motivator. You can't be a person who needs to be micromanaged. And you have to, I assume, have discipline. Because as you mentioned, there are so many neat things to see, so many beautiful sceneries, but you can't just pull over on the side of the road and just go take a hike through the woods or hike hike down to the amazing river or even go off route if you happen to be near anything that would be interesting to see. So, Dave, when you are not out there on the road, what are some of the things that you like to do? Uh, spend time with friends and family. I'm a bit of a geek. Uh Last time I took vacation, we had a three-day role-playing session, rolling dice and stuff, so did that. Um, I like shooting. I've got a lot of guns. Uh, Me and my son and daughter go out to the range and shoot. Um, Like to go camping. Like to get my grandson in trouble and then give him back to his mom. You know, that's kind of revenge on my daughter for the shit she did when she was younger. Uh, But 
sat there that's and road nice. trip. <laughs> that's not nice. So your advice is um, to be a truck driver, you have to be self-disciplined. You have to self-motivate and stuff. So is there anything that you will give people out there to know the reality of being a truck driver? You mentioned some of the things you need to be a good truck driver, but what about the things that people don't tell you about the reality of being a trucker? You've got to always pay attention. Um, Stuff can change in a heartbeat here. Um, You can be following a pickup truck and something can fly out of the back end of it. Um, You can have a deer run out in front of you. Uh, You can hit black ice, which I got to experience. Um, You just have to constantly, you're, you're always, you can't just stare at the road, and if you do that, you fall asleep, you know, which is not good to do at the wheel. But you're constantly scanning, you know, you're watching your mirrors, you're watching your gauges, you're making sure, you know, because those gauges, they'll tell you something's wrong before the truck actually does something to let you know it's wrong. You've got to watch your mirrors and stuff because you've got idiots out there, and there's a lot of them. Um You've got to watch the vehicles in front of you because you'll see some of them. There's times you'll be driving in the middle of the night and you'll see somebody swaying all over the road. You don't know if they're half asleep, if they're drunk, but you back off because you don't want to pass them and have them run into you. You just, you've got to constantly scan and pay attention. You know, it's, you wouldn't think it's that physically demanding, but it actually is because the mental aspect of it, physically drains you, I guess you could say. Um, You have to plan stuff, know where you're at. Uh, And common courtesy and common sense play into it a lot, too, because, you know, if you see somebody trying to get over in a lane, let them over, you know. Um, If you see somebody that needs help that's broke down on the road, you know, it sucks being broke down. You might have, you know, they might just need a gallon of antifreeze that you've got on the truck. But, you know, or they might not have a cell phone or a signal. You can get them a tow truck or whatever. Um, it's just, it's constantly different. No, no two days are ever the same, you know. And with that, everyone, like, that is the average life of a truck driver. Um you know, through the years that I've known you, there have been times where you were driving hours and hours, and I remember all the conversations we've had. I've even remembered the times <laughs> I've fallen asleep on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> do you remember what I used to do to annoy you? <laughs> yes, you used to sing. <laughs> a lot of it was Disney songs. Hey, I'm not a horrible singer. It could have been worse if I couldn't carry a tune, you know. Well, you know, you you say that you did that to annoy me. I actually enjoyed it, but I wasn't going to tell you that because it kept me awake. So. <laughs> well, no, there is one song that Dave actually does not like for me to sing. But that's the <laughs> 
doesn't like it. But as a truck driver, um, when you're driving out there for hours and hours, do you ever get lonely? I know you're the wrong person to ask as you're a loner, but have you ever experienced moments of loneliness? No. I don't. <laughs> Some people do. I don't. <laughs> so are you telling me that if you can live 365 days a year out there on the big open roads and never go home, you would? No, because I end up ordering stuff in the mail and I want my packages. <laughs> I'm not going to even ask you what are in those packages because I know you. But, yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. So any final words of wisdom well, for truckers out there? I can actually say this. My last three packages that I got were all stuff for role-playing for the time I went on vacation and it was all Conan role-playing books. Okay. So last words of wisdom for truckers or for people who are listening in this podcast thinking about getting into the trucking business? Stay safe for yourself. Watch out for everybody else because if you – Pay attention. You're not going to cause accidents. If you don't cause accidents, everybody's safer. Well, those are words of wisdom because I have um, heard about accidents involving trucks and such like that. So for me, I avoid the trucks on the road at all costs. It's actually a pet peeve of certain people who ride in the car with me because I just want to give them a wide berth because thanks to Fast and Furious and some action movies, I've seen the damage that trucks can do if it causes an accident. So I give all of you um, a wide berth. But with that, unfortunately, guys, that is all the time we have left. If you have any questions for Trucker Dave, just go ahead and reach out to me through um, Trucks and Bucks Podcast. We are on YouTube. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. Give me your questions, and I definitely will pass them along to him. And maybe we, if we get enough questions, we can do a session the next time Dave is around, and we could do a question and answers. And with that, like Dave said, please stay safe out there until the next podcast. Bye, everyone.